And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails. I'm Mark Hamby. And in the studio with me, once again, Molly Mayo. Hello. Good evening. And we have a new engineer tonight. This is so cool. Joanna. Joanna, nice to have you here. And she's one of our Master's Guild students this year. Yes, she is. And it's now about 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) This is a very late night Uh recording. And the reason it's 11 o'clock at night is we just finished our eighth performance of The Secret on State Street. This was not only our eighth performance, this was our final performance. Yes, it's now late December. Uh Uh-huh. And we just finished... um, ministering to over 250 people. That is amazing. It really is. Mm-hmm. And Some we, were repeats. Some have never heard of Lamplighter before, was just walking downtown and saw a flyer. Some are a mix in between, heard about Lamplighter and heard about the event and came up for the first time so, all so across the spectrum. Over the last two years, we've had people come from, now we're in Western New York, people come from California, Texas, Georgia, Florida, <laughs> Alabama, Maine, Maine, Ohio, Arkansas, Canada, a lot of Canadians, and and uh, Colorado. Mm, that's that's crazy, amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And and local people. Hey, too. before we get into the very so today is going to be a really special episode because we're going to talk about the redemptive arc of your character. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did say your character because Doctor Henry was one of the characters in it. He was the host. But before we get into that, um, we, a, after the end of the show, we all get together and we share some praises, some amazing things that God's done or or that He's blessed us with. Uh, I'm kind of curious, what are a couple of your favorite parts of the show? Because I know what mine are right off the bat, but I want to ask you, like, what are some of your highlights? Um, I think when I die. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> yep. So you have five children, and they're all like crazy, crazy children. One of them is this business shark. Another one is this ditzy uh, schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. And there's Roger, who's supposed to go to law school, but he wants to be a clown. Clown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then there's Beatrice, and she has a broken heart. Yeah, because I interfered with her love life. Mm-hmm. Didn't like her fiance and then there's Betsy who or Betty who, who's actually Betty yeah yeah she uh I don't even know her name of my own grandchildren and I don't know know the name of her husband mm-hmm. uh, I just totally neglected her and then there's uh Florence who is the you know into fashion and owns mm-hmm. her own business and she's the entrepreneur of the family and <laughs> she's she, a little scary a little intimidating I would have she? I would have suspected her yeah. yeah and the whole the whole plot is that there is after my wife dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole play is during during the whole play. You hear everyone saying every time I mention my wife, they'll say, "May, May she, she rest, rest in, in peace. peace." And uh, she had told me something before she died, but I forgot what it was. But it's very important, and mm-hmm. I've got to try to remember what it was. But until then, I'm trying to let my children know that they sh- shouldn't, you know, be against me because they actually believe that the. Their mother's death was because of me. There is a lot of tension as soon as you... So the guests arrive at the Chadwick Fitzgerald home. This is mm-hmm. uh, the Victorian house that we have. I think we've talked mm-hmm. about it on the podcast before. So they arrive and there's all this tension like the Chadwick... Or not the Chadwick, <laughs> it's Fitzgerald. The Fitzgerald family, they just don't get along, right? Yeah, my children and, haven't been with us for over a year because they they don't like coming back to the homestead because of uh-huh. their memories of their mother. And they don't like me that much. And, and, and I tried to make them realize, hey, look at... You know, I've given you everything. I've given you a house, you know, a roof mm-hmm. over your head, food, clothing. I've 
you know, paid for your education. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the richest family in the area. <laughs> Tonight you came up with a motto. So you own a law firm and then you have a new motto. Yes. If you want to we share that. We never admit wrong because we're always right. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to put it up on the door frame. Uh, so, okay, yeah. So, that's, you know, well, that's that, a little bit of your backstory. And that sets the stage that because I've had this amazing law firm, we've never lost a case. Uh-huh. And our motto is, you know, we never admit wrong because we're always right. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, all of the people that came tonight, the 36 people mm-hmm. that were there, um, they they are my clients. Mm-hmm. So they've been with the Fitzgerald mm-hmm. Law Firm and their parents and their grandparents have been with the Fitzgerald Law Firm. And so yeah. so um, all these people are there watching this mystery dinner Play theater. Out. So they're going to five-course meal, which is incredible, right? Mm-hmm. The meal itself. Oh, it is crazy. There's an apple I think it's butternut squash No, apple sweet potato Oh, apple sweet potato. It is so good. And the orange cranberry cheesecake. Oh, the salad is to die for. Arugula, goat cheese. (laughs) (laughs) We're um, we're foodies here at Lamplighter. Pomegranates, you know, freshly picked the night before. Oh, the citrus salad with the arugula. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And then the the hors d'oeuvres. They've got the... Spinach puffs. And the um, bacon-wrapped dates. dates. Oh, amazing. uh, Rainy, she's our head chef and marketer. But uh, she let me do some of the, like with the soup, the swirling. We have this like creamy sour cream at the top. And so I was like goofing off. My mom was there the other night. So I made one really fun for her. It like had a face on it. (laughs) But we have a lot of fun backstage. Yeah, we do. Okay, so then you run backstage. Okay, no, before I run backstage. Yeah. So picture this. I'm, I'm inviting... You know, all my guests are there, and I said, "Welcome, welcome, welcome. Make yourself at home." And then Beatrice interrupts me. You know, Father. so you got this tension in the middle, in the very beginning. And then I let everyone know, you know, that I want them to meet my my children, and also the inspectors there. So we've got Inspector yes. Wordsworth, mm-hmm. and yeah. supposedly this whole event is held in her honor. She's your yes. co- colleague, coworker. Yep. But little do they all know that you had a break in just last week, a week ago. Nothing was stolen. This but set I want you on find, high alert. Yeah, and I want to find out who it was, and I think it's one of my children. Mm-hmm. The only way that I can find out who it really was is to now we got to remember I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at this point probably not a Christian, not a saved man. Mm-hmm. None of my children are is, is either. Only my wife was saved. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably got saved. You know, she's fictitious, of course, but she mm-hmm. probably got saved somewhere later on in our marriage, and uh-huh. she's the one that's quoting Bible verses to all the kids and to me. And we're remembering them, but we're, we haven't really remembered them yet until the night right. continues. As the night unfolds, yeah. kind of each each piece. Yeah, and so of... so I look at everyone and say, basically, you know, now thank you for coming. Um, welcome to my home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to, you know, make sure that you understand that we're here to honor my dear mm-hmm. late wife Helen Fitzgerald. May she rest in peace. And and my good friend and colleague, you know, Inspector Wordsworth, and uh, and I introduce her. She's been an undercover agent for the Fitzgerald Law Firm mm-hmm. now for the past ten years, and we couldn't have done it without her. Now, little do anyone does anyone know, she's part of in cahoots. Yeah, with me because I'm going to tell everybody now. Maud's going to tell you what the dinner menu is tonight, and I'm going to go to the kitchen. And make sure everything's going according to plan. Enjoy. Little do they know that 15 seconds later, boom, 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 boom. I'm going to fall down this. I'm going to fall down the stairs, and I'm going to die because I died of arsenic poisoning. So one of my kids, most likely, or the new maid, Maud, poisoned me. And well, that's what the yeah, what the inspector is trying to find out, and yeah. you are trying to find out which of your children is going to steal something from you while the murder distracts everyone. Yeah, so I'm listening behind the scenes mm-hmm. and through the vents. Yeah, I'm going to listen to what my kids have to say about me, and what I learn 
is that though I'm not dead, none of them cared if I was. But before we get to the redemptive arc of the character, so your favorite section was the death scene where you're actually like falling down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, is there another moment that is one of your favorites or is that going to be the redemptive part? Oh, I think my all-time favorite is what happens to what happened tonight. And, mm. you know, we've changed the ending all week long, so or all the last three weeks, <laughs> uh-huh. and I just wasn't content with how it was ending. It was mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. you know. One night we did the Beatitudes, you know, yeah. blessed are the poor in spirit, and went all, all the way to. So one of the perks of having you as Mr. Fitzgerald, the host, is that at the end, you know, you had some liberty with how you were going to deliver your lines. Although I'm sure some of the actors would just like watch you come out and be like, what is he going to say tonight? (laughs) (laughs) But literally backstage. So there. So I'm in the kitchen and I'm just plating things. And so you're back there for a decent amount because you're supposedly dead. And so I like back there, you've got this huge piece of paper and you're writing stuff out and you're like praying. And so then each night. You were like praying that the Lord would give you the words to say, and, mm-hmm. and you were mulling over it even during the day. And it was really cool to see how it all came together and how even though one night you somehow were able to speak the whole Beatitudes, that is exactly what that group needed to hear. And, night, yeah. and they each of them connected with Lamplighter in one way or another. And that was felt definitely like in the tour and afterwards, like talking with different people in the bookstore and just sharing a little bit about, you know, what we do, like a lot of them, their their hearts were touched. I wish you could have heard, and this is just a quick testimony, but there was a lady tonight who was checking out, and she said, I've never been so touched by the beauty of the things around me, the food, the presentation, the way things were served, the way the servers acted. Wow. And what she was saying was so crazy because I was thinking about how you're always talking about that Solomon. from Solomon and yeah. the Queen of Sheba when she visited. And you're like, that's what we want to— Praise God want to not work towards because, you know, all of us are dead tired. And I just, one lady, I was like, the only reason we can do that is like in God's strength because we are all so tired right now. (laughs) We are spent and we have been spent and we Mm -hmm. spend more. And and gladly they'd rather be spent. Yeah. I can't even say the verse. (laughs) I'm so shocked. I'm spent. I will gladly spend to be spent spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So it was just testimonies like that that just Reach you in a okay, way wait, where you said you were waiting for the testimonies till the end, yes. and, then, and if anyone's just joined us, they've got to understand. Okay, we're uh-huh. talking about this play that we just did. It's a mystery dinner theater. It's connected to the Victorian House here on campus, and we do this every year in the fall or winter. Mm-hmm. And um, this one is a redemptive theme for a redemptive redemptive theme for a dysfunctional family. And our family's extremely dysfunctional. I've got five kids. I've got Beatrice. I've got Florence, I've mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. Betty, and I've got Rita, and I've and, got my son, Roger. And another child. Oh, that no one knows about. That's no right. One knows so Maud is the new servant. Maid. She's only been there two months. We uh-huh. don't know who really who she is, but she's there because I was married before. My, my first wife had died, mm-hmm. and no one knows about it, and I didn't know that I had a daughter mm-hmm. because by the time I... There's a whole secret backstory <laughs> about that. <laughs> I never knew I had a daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, my wife had died, and yeah, it's a long story. It's crazy. And I was in the circus during that time. Uh-huh. You know, So my son wants to be in the circus, uh-huh. but I won't let him. So I won't let my son be in the circus because he's going to go to law school, and he's mm-hmm. going to become an equal partner in the law firm. Florence, she wanted a loan from me, and I wouldn't give it to her mm-hmm. because I wanted her not to be dependent on me. My oldest daughter wanted to marry somebody and I wouldn't let her Elmer because... Elmer McDonald. Yeah, Holm McDonald, Elmer McDonald. 
Um, he's just all, all he talks about is his farm. Egotistical. <laughs> yeah. And then um, you guys can laugh. And then there's there's Betty. Well, I call her Betsy, and it's Betty, and she... she's forgotten and unloved in the mix, and mm-hmm. the only married child of yours. Yep. And uh, so, anyways, so I've got these five children that hate me. Mm-hmm. You know. And Molly, as I was. As I was rewriting the ending of this every single night, yeah. you know, it's taken me three weeks and we finally nailed it. The last night nailed Praise it. The Lord. And it, it comes down to what I was trying to think, like, how can I make this real so that the audience mm. um, really hears this? And, and what it comes down to is that while I'm listening to my children talk about how much they hated me, mm. um, they thinking that I didn't care for them. I'm realizing that, whoa, I didn't realize how far away I was from God, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize how far away I was from my children's hearts. So, cause, and, I, and I do want to bring this element up as well. You think one of your children has stolen something from you. Mm-hmm. you, you so you're faking your own death so that it would give them the opportunity to do this. You're not expecting what happens Correct. next. Yep. What happens next it, like, has got to shake your character to the core because— each one of them is not only, you know, not supporting you. They all turn against each other and like, well, it's you. And they all just get really nasty mm-hmm. and mean to each other. And so as a father, I can't imagine like you're hearing what they have to say about you. And it's not very pretty. <laughs> no. And Rita, my youngest child, she finally, you know, we realized that it's she, she's the one that stole, mm-hmm. tried to steal the necklace. She's the one that tried to get into the safety deposit box. And she box. wasn't even trying to steal money. She wanted a keepsake of her mother's because she was afraid that one of her siblings would sell it. Yes. So which, no one was really doing anything wrong. Yeah. And now I'm finding out why. And so now that cuts me to pieces. And so finally when she starts to break down and cry, you know, and by the way, the whole thing is actually hilarious. So that's it's mm-hmm. humor throughout the whole evening. Oh, yeah. It's not as dark as we. <laughs> yeah, the ending gets serious. But yeah. what what happens is that finally I come face to face with who I really mm-hmm. am as a father and who I am as a as a man before God. And I, I, I don't know who God is and I don't even know who my children are. And so it comes down to this one final thought that my wife tells me before she dies, and it's that there are three words that are the most important words in the universe, that when you're in a dark, deep place in your life and you feel like you've lost everything, Mm. these three words are the most powerful words in the universe, and they are simply. And so I'm telling the audience while they're there, and I'm telling Mm -hmm. my children that these three words can change everything, and they're simply, Lord, help me. Amen. Lord, help me. That's exactly what the Seraphonician woman says in, I think it's Mark or Matthew 15 in Mark chapter 8, where Jesus comes along the scene and this woman begs Jesus to heal his, her daughter mm-hmm. and he refuses to answer her because she's asking for his power as a king. After he refuses to answer her, she finally says, Lord, help me. Mm. Okay. And after she says that, Jesus says this to her, we don't give that which is holy to dogs. Oof. And I'm like, whoa, who says something like that, right? If we said something that to someone like that, that, they would never talk to us again, right? They would never come back to our church. right? But so why does Jesus say this to this woman who's just asking for help for her daughter? It does seem out of character. Doesn't it? 
And they, it's out of character when he doesn't, he refuses to talk to her at first. But that's because yeah. she comes to him with a wrong salutation. She says, King of David. Lord, son of David. Oh, son of David. Yeah. Yep, Lord Jesus, son of David. Um, you know, have mercy on us. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to answer. Was she demon-possessed too? I don't think so. Who knows what she mm-hmm. really was. All mm-hmm. we know is that her daughter's demon-possessed. Oh, okay. So she's hanging around the wrong crowd, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, so, and now she wants help for her daughter and Jesus refuses to help her. He he doesn't, he's not willing to answer her because she's asking for his power from his line of David being the king of Israel. And if Jesus were to say a word to her as king, because she was of the Seraphonician race, she has to die. Hmm. They were all to be destroyed. And so Jesus refuses to answer her because he loves her so much. That's crazy. And so he's, she's approaching him, asking for a favor because of his, the power of his position, hmm. and he refuses to answer. And then, finally, she changes the salutation from Lord Jesus, Son of David, to Lord, help me. And then Jesus says something to her that's so out of character. He says, we don't give that which is holy to dogs. That's crazy. It's because of one reason. He wants to turn her attention, turn her heart to, in such a way that it's the only way that she could receive his amazing grace. Grace can only be received in a state of humility. Yeah. And she yeah. then says to him, but yes, Lord. She says, yes, I am a dog. Yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat from the crumbs from under the table. She was willing to eat the crumbs from under the table. And Molly, when we reach a place in our lives, when we're willing to eat the crumbs from the floor, we're willing to humble ourselves that much, Mm. that's when God takes action. That's when God says, okay, you want your family healed? I can heal a family like that. Because the leader of the family, the mother and father, are leading the way in humility. Mm. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And tonight, Chadwick Fitzgerald, for the first time in his life, he said, I have lived my whole life building on my reputation, building our law firm based on we never admit wrong because we're always right. So tonight, as I'm looking at the crowd and I'm I'm thinking about what I'm about to say to them, Mm -hmm. I remember what my wife, Helen, had told me. And she said, Chadwick, when you're ever in a deep, dark place, those three words, Lord, help me. That's what Mm -hmm. the Seraphonician woman said. But accompany that, Lord, help me. Lord, I was wrong. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Three words, three words, three words. Now catch this. I'm looking at my children. Mm -hmm. They're all adults. And I'm like, and here's the place to start. You know, Beatrice, you know, you've been... Resentful. Florence, you think I've abandoned you. Betty, you feel neglected. And Rita, you think the death of your mother is because of me. And you, Roger, you think I'm forcing you into a life where you'd be miserable. And perhaps I am. But now I know something. I know that God can take a family, even like ours, and bring redemption to it because I simply asked God, Mm. Lord, help me. And then along with that, I'll never forget this. As I'm, as I'm doing this whole thing, mm-hmm. as you know and I know, there was someone in the crowd tonight that I have been praying for. Mm-hmm. I have been asking them to come to this for over 12 years, mm-hmm. come to one of the performances here at Lamplighter, and they've always refused. Mm-hmm. A person who has been, you know, severely uh, 
they've just taken a pounding in their life, you know, and they just hard. yeah, hard life. Mm-hmm. And they were there tonight, and I went. I was speaking to, as as God allowed me tonight mm-hmm. to to share, you know, God's redemptive story. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of them tonight. You know, I'm speaking to my children, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. of them. I'm like, only God could have the last night, the last performance. God brings one of the most important people that I wanted That's to come to Christ. Crazy. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And it was so. And I didn't even ask them to come. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see them. Mm-hmm. And there they were. And the daughter brought the mother, and the daughter. This was the mother's Christmas present. You know, and they don't have so that kind sweet. of money no, to come. And, no. and so uh, I was just really, really greatly blessed. And then at the mm-hmm. very end, you know, the mother, I like remember what my wife had told me, mm-hmm. Lord, help me. But the key is then look in the word for the answers. Mm. So you're asking God and now God speaks to you through his word. That's good. Tell us about what happens with that, the key to the safety deposit box. Yeah. Uh, so... I haven't actually seen it too many times, but the phrase that everyone's talking about is when of the lost look in the word. Mm-hmm. That was like the catchphrase of their mom. And so um, I don't remember how the safety deposit box oh, yeah, so, ties into the story. Yeah. So so I'm like, your mother had told me two things. One oh. was, Lord, help me. And the other one, I just can't remember for the life of me. <laughs> and then I'm, we we find her Bible. Oh. And the kids remind me, like, it's it's Mother's Bible. Where's Mother's Bible? Oh, it's still on the mantle where she left it two years ago. And there's all dust all over it. I blow the dust off in the inspector's face. And uh-huh. she's coughing. And I open up the front cover. And in the front cover, it says, this book will keep you from sin. And sin will keep you from this book. And everyone's going like, whoa. And like, there it is. There's That's what your mother told me. It's the answers are in, when at a loss, look in the word. Lord, help me. And you go to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. And then the Lord says to you, all the answers are in my word. Mm. And we get the Bible out and I open it up and I quote Psalm 84, 11. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. Mm-hmm. And then the key falls out of the Bible and it's the key to the safety deposit box. And everyone looks up like, there it is. That's where she put it. When at a loss, look in the word. Oh, what safety? Is that what you thought someone was going to steal? Yeah. yeah. But no one had the key? No one had the key. It was in her Bible this entire time. Oh, that's crazy. Did you know that it was locked and you didn't know where the key was? As an actor or as a Like real as person? Chadwick Fitzgerald? Yeah. Oh, no. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know where the key was. Oh, so you thought maybe one of your children stole it. And I, that's why you, you faked your own death. But then it turns out it was just in the word the whole time. Yeah. Oh, guys, I'm so sorry if you haven't seen this already. We've spoiled so much. It'll be a couple of years before we do this one again. Next That's year. True. Next year, we're thinking of doing. I'm so excited. Really? Are you thinking of it? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's going to be awesome. Seven days left. Yes, yes, yes. It's I hope so. an amazing lamplighter story about A guy a, has a dream where he only has seven, seven days, days left, left to live. He wakes up for the first time in his life and he thinks, what have I done with my life? Which is actually really similar to Chadwick Fitzgerald. But this book has the best ending of any book. It's really cool. Well, I don't know any book. We've had some pretty really <laughs> sweet endings, but it's got a really cool ending. Actually, two of our newest books... Tip Lewis and his lamp and come what may mm-hmm. may be our two best endings ever. Oh, basket of flowers too. Oh, you know. Oh, and also the painted fly. <laughs> There's so many good endings in our books. Oh, yeah. the um, the what do you call it? Uh, Teddy's button. Oh, and white also white gypsy. I cry like a baby during the white, white gypsy, gypsy audio drama. Is amazing, right? And the way everything wrapped up, it's just an amazing story. Yeah. And to think about how, like, with the mom, the lessons that she taught her boy at six years old, he remembered mm-hmm. and. 
Yeah, that was just a crazy one to listen to. Yeah, if you've never listened to White Gypsy audio or read the book, that they're game changers. They're... It was written by Kathy Buchanan, who actually wrote the script, Secret on State Street, with the students. She yeah. came in and taught a whole class about how to write the dinner theater. And yeah, it was just crazy. Well, Molly, we're looking forward to a new semester coming up in January. Um, we've got some students that are going to be coming for the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm really super excited. That is amazing. Yeah, and we're going to be traveling. We're going to be doing some... Mm-hmm. Um, some more dramas and teaching in the Word, um, probably from New York to, to California again. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard, uh, we're going to have a fresh new year, 2024. We're going to be heading into with a marketing calendar. We're going to plan some podcasts out. I One of my things – okay, can I tell you what I'm looking forward to with 2024? Yeah. Can I tell you some of the things? I am so, 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 so excited. So here we are coming to a close. Number one most exciting thing for me is Tip Lewis and His Lamp. We're doing Character in Crisis series. Spencer and I will be working on that, um, the writing content, and Rainey is going to design it make it look gorgeous. So we're going to take the book Tip Lewis, which is an amazing story, and we're going to pull out our favorite moments from it, best principles, story parts, um, fun activities. We're going to put it all together in a gorgeous email and get it out so that people can read along in the book and then do activities with their family. Wait, and wait, just wait. That's, read a, a, that's impossible. What do you mean impossible? It's impossible. You cannot take your best parts of Tip Lewis and put it into an email. There is 26 chapters in Uh Tip Lewis uh and every single chapter is Is the best. Is chock full of amazing. I am so excited. There's a, uh, what is it, an acronym? uh, Oh, yeah, his name. That's one of my favorite parts. Oh, guys, that I'm... I, I know it's not like one of the most important things like on priority list, but it is one of my most favorite things that I'm looking forward to. The second, can you guess what my second one is? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's talk, I want to go back. <laughs> so you guys are going to take Tip Lewis. Yep. And so let's just talk about the acronym. Tip Lewis and his lamp. Yep. He has got to write down all the scriptures that um, go along with his the initials okay, of his name. So his name's not actually Tip, it's Edward. <laughs> so Edward Lewis, he gets this school assignment. And so Tip Lewis is the naughtiest boy in class. He just got saved mm-hmm. right out of the it's gate. part of the dunce class. And he says, oh, dear, oh, dear. I actually have to, for the first time in my life, turn in a school assignment. Mm-hmm. I've never done that before in my life. He mm-hmm. says, I'm actually going to, I'm a Christian now. And now I'm like supposed to follow Jesus and and I want to, but that means I have to go home and put the work in. And he goes down to the creek and he really wants to fish and to go and jump in the water. And, and the school assignment that he got was to make an acronym, to do something with it. And so the smartest guy in the class is at Howard Mintern. He has this whole Shakespeare sonnet. He has the most beautiful poetry that he's put together. And Tip is like, I'm just a dumb, <laughs> a dumb Christian. I don't know what I'm doing. And so then he spends like three days out in the sun by the creek trying to think of it. And then the Lord brings him an idea. But and that's because he believes that all of the answers that he needs, he was mentored by this pastor. No matter how dark the path is, there is no path that is so dark that your lamp can't light you through. And his lamp is the Word of God. That's so good. Yeah, and then he, he comes with, he finds a scripture for every letter of his name, and, mm-hmm. and then he reads it to the class, and the but class is blown away. The best part about him reading it in front of the class is that he said he is a Christian, but no one knows it yet. Oh, yes. Like, this is going to be, he gets up there, naughty Tip Lewis is going yeah. to read these Bible verses in front of the entire class and see their face. And the pastor and teacher are blown away when they hear it. He gets, he starts crying. Yeah. He's just like, what is this? And the, the, one, the two smartest boys in the class, the teacher's son and then the... Um, pastor's son. 
Yeah, the pastor's son and then the um, the richest guy in town, the mm-hmm. business owner, his son is there. And he's just like, because oh. he did this really funny poem. and He's super clever, but he sees this boy who's actually living his life for the Lord. And he was like, whoa. But the pastor's son is whoa. a little bit jealous, maybe. I don't know, jealous, but he's, I don't know what it is, but there's He does attitude. not like the nerve of Tip Lewis because Tip Lewis yeah. has decided to stand for the truth. And this is just so such a great story. And I think it's, one of the reasons you love it is it's, there's revival in this book. It reminds me of a person I love. That's awesome. Is it you? <laughs> <laughs> is it yourself? <laughs> no, it's just, it's an amazing, yeah. amazing story. Okay, so that's Tip Lewis. What was the second? Oh, yes. Can you guess what my second favorite thing of 2024 coming Coming 2024. Has something to do with you. Oh, the book? Mark's book is going to be coming out in 2024. We're going to get this done. It's the book of Proverbs, chapters 1 through 9. We did a whole series on it. 12 Lessons of Wisdom. Mm It is. It would be my life's work. We've been wanting to do this since before I came on staff, and I think it's time to get it done. Mm -hmm. I spent um, close to 12 years on it. We need to get get it done. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching it to the students right now, and we're on chapter eight, which is my favorite chapter. Oh, yeah. Oh, chapter eight. You if know. you haven't already listened to the series of the 12 Wisdom Lessons, we've done a model on Fasten Like Nails. You can just go back in the history and find those. There's also a blog post that can go with that. You can find that markhamby.net if you're more of a visual person like me. <laughs> that's, that's helpful. Mm. Okay, so my favorite thing to look forward to this year is um, I was reading in Luke chapter 1 and Mm. the angel Gabriel, which means the mighty of God, um, he says to Mary after he's told Mary exactly what's going to happen, the Son of God is going to be born inside of her. Actually, she's going to name him the Son of God. He's always always existed. Mm. And uh, he tells her about Elizabeth is going to be having a a baby. Mm -hmm. And she says this after she tells Mary, that Elizabeth is, is pregnant as well, mm-hmm. and she and the, Gabriel says, um, "Nothing's impossible with God." Mm, and I, I thought of that, so I'm looking forward to 2024 being the best year we've ever had because I actually, Amen. I actually believe that there's nothing impossible with God. I've seen it over the course of my life. We're thinking of buying the bank in um, in our little village here. I'm going to put it on air. Um, I believe that God wants us to buy this building. It used to be an opera house a hundred years ago, and we went in there the other day and sang in there. It's got the the sound is amazing in there. Mm-hmm. So we would like to do more of our theatrical performances. Um, there's a million people that go through our little village. It's the only way to get to from the east from New York City. The only way to get to Canada and Niagara Falls is to go through Mount Morris. Isn't that amazing? A million people go yeah. through here every yeah. year. And so um, we, this town, this village needs something like that. And so we're going to pursue that and um, expand the ministry to not only continue mm-hmm. to do audio dramas and publish our mm-hmm. books. Um, we're, um, one of our donors um, gave mm-hmm. us $100,000 yeah. last week to New buy another equipment. piece of equipment for the bindery so we can uh-huh. go from printing 1,000 books a week to 1,000 books a day. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. And so we're praying through, are we expanding, are we building up at Eagle Street, a property that the Lord gave us? With 60, the 55, acres. Uh, 60 acres. 60 yep. acres. 
Um, or do we buy this bank? You know, and so we're in that process of discerning and praying through. The Lord will show us. The, He'll close the door if He doesn't want us to do and that. And He did that recently with Hillside. We were looking at purchasing a different place Building, as well. And the Lord and, closed the door on us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So super excited, and I'm I'm excited about traveling again, and going to churches and awakening people's hearts to let them know that they have to be first of all that there is a God. I, I love this. Second Peter chapter one. His divine power has given us every. As we close out this year, and I know we're going to do a couple more podcasts about closing out the year, but <laughs> this 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 Man. verse is so important to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 10 verses. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness according to, this is the key, mm-hmm. according to a full intimate knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and virtue, his own glory and excellence. And mm-hmm. so, Molly, people have to get back in the word. They mm-hmm. have to saturate themselves. Um, um, George Mueller studied the Bible from the time he was 71 to mm-hmm. 92, four times, read it through entirely four times every year. That's when his ministry took off, okay? So we got to get people back in the Word, got to get them off of the the media, the digital stuff. Mm-hmm. And then once they're back in the Word, we got we to gotta apply it to our hearts. We got to memorize it. We got to really, we got to be intimate with the Word of God. We got to then see God answering prayer. And, and well, it starts with prayer too. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking... One of the things I love about our books that we publish is the Word of God is just saturated throughout, woven throughout, right? Yeah. You learn the Word of God through stories. I, I love the, the, the way that we use our literature to introduce people to the Word of God. It's amazing. I've had people read one of our books 25 years ago and send me a, send me a, um, a letter stating this book, uh, here they are now as a grandparent. Isn't mm-hmm. that crazy? They're grandparents now. 25 years later. That's crazy. And they're saying that... Multi-generational now. <laughs> now they're telling the story to their grandchildren. It's just really cool. Mm-hmm. So as I'm as I'm thinking about how God is going to continue to grow us here, mm-hmm. one of the things that I believe that he's going to do in our hearts and in our lives here is this year, 2024, we're going to have a major focus, not just doing devotions like we used to do, and we've loved our devotions, but we're going to do something different. We're going to start reading through the entire Bible as a staff. Isn't that cool? Like in a year or just like as we go? In a, in a uh, semester. Whoa. Yeah. I'm so excited about that it. That is so accelerated. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. So we're going to read out of the New Testament and the Old Testament um, every day. And then we're going to take some of our books and we're going to start reading through the books, some of our um, resource books. And really, really saturating itself with these books. We've got this access. So rather than just doing devotions normally, we're going to start studying. And I so, still think we should have the staff writing papers. My coworkers might not love that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so God's done so much for us. I think it's time for us to really get diligent and being ready, just like he says in Luke one seventeen, mm-hmm. be, make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So back to Second Peter. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness according to a full intimate knowledge of him who's called us to his own glory and virtue that by which he's also granted unto us. I love this. He's also granted unto us great and magnificent promises that through these, all 8,760 of them, we might become partners in his divine nature. Partners, Molly. The chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. God has created us so that he can enjoy us, so we can enjoy him. And what does this do for us? that we can escape the lustful corruptions that are in the world. Why? 
so that we can now add to our faith virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. And he who lacks these things is nearsighted and cannot see afar off because he's forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, all the more, my brothers, practice these things. And guess what will happen? You will never fall. And having said that, and since it's close to midnight, we all bid you adieu. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts.